One, two, three, four, five, six.
I'm going to be reading from Galatians 26 through 27. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized Christ, have clothed yourselves. It's Halloween time, that year when we look to decorate pumpkins, pass out candy to the kids, and some of us even dress up in costumes. But that's not the only time of year that we see children wearing <coughs> costumes. Give a child a box or a trunk of old clothes and immediately the children across the street will often parade down our street all dressed up and will yell to you at us, I am so-and-so. And we know who they really are. But with a big smile on our face, we say, oh, of course you are. As a child, me and my sisters, because I didn't have any brothers, into the trunk in the attic, dressing up in mother's old hats, gloves, dresses, and heels. One of us would even don dad's old army uniform or an old suit of great-grandpa's and a fedora on our head, and we would parade downstairs arm-in-arm arm as mom and dad. Rest to the nines, so we thought. The clothes were too large for adult eyes, but we were looking through our children's eyes, and we just saw a much finer picture. Matthew 18.3 says, Truly I tell you the truth, unless you change and become his little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Halloween, I must admit, is not my favorite holiday, and maybe some of you it's not yours either. But hear me out for this moment as we approach this time of remembrance. I want you to ask yourself, what do I dress up as or what do I put on as I approach God's? Maybe it's a plastic smile to hide that deep hurt within from a betrayal of a spouse or a friend. Or maybe it's a self-doubt or an unbelief. Or maybe it is a hidden sin. We all have hidden something. When we come into the throne room of our Heavenly Father to put, I'm, I'm an image of you, Lord, and I love you. After all, that is what Christian means. Daily we are to put on the full armor of Christ to imitate Christ through our daily walk and activity. And our Father smiles back to say to us, You are my child. The privilege of putting on Christ is the privilege of being a child of God. That privilege was gained for us at the cross. Dad's uniform did not come from a costume shop but by his service in the army, taking him into harm's way. The Lord's crown did not come by pretense, by his death, burial, and resurrection. He paid the ultimate price so I, so you, might wear the crown and bear his name. As we take these emblems this morning, let us not bet the sacrifice given for you and me so we may have the privilege of putting on Christ in our day. Maybe you can see Halloween in a new light, such as I. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for your plan to save all mankind. Thank you for your insight into your glorious light. Thank you for your love and forgiveness of sin, so that we may live eternally for you given through your son Jesus Christ's sacrifice. Amen.
Now's time for our offerings for a word of prayer. Father, we give you thanks and we praise you for your faithfulness and for all you have entrusted to us. We give you these tithes and offerings. Use them as gifts for your kingdom and your service. In your son's name. Everybody awake? I hope so. I hope you're awake. If you're not, we need to eat more of Minus candy. So we're going to continue on with our our real life series because that's what we're living. We live life, and it's real, isn't it? I mean, there are real things that go on. If we try to deny that, we're we're gone. And we're going to talk about and, and in today's society. Most anybody can be a celebrity. With the expansion of social media, the way it is, anyone who has a, an iPhone and a camera can become what is called an influencer. The title influencer is a huge word in our society today, isn't it? I up and I looked up the definition of, a, of an influencer, and here's what it says in the dictionary. The power to affect the decisions of others because his or her authority, knowledge, position, or relationship with their audience. And here's the thing about influencers. Based on their level of influence, they're paid. You've got to keep that in mind. when you. Based on how many people follow them determines how much money they make. So their motivation is not always necessarily their beliefs, but rather the paycheck. They may not even believe what they're pushing, but because they get a paycheck, and therefore they work hard at it. And the same thing's always been true. Used to be our influencers were on TV, whether it was TBN, CBN, CNN, it didn't matter. We had influencers and some of them were good and some of them were not I mean even in in the Christian church we had Jim Jones you heard that name Jim Jones you know he was he was such an influence that all those people moved to the jungle and drank the Kool-Aid because of his influence and it and in reality a lot of the influence has to do with power it has to deal with the power that they get and because of the power of influencers, some people follow them blindly, don't they? They're attracted to a whole lot of different things, like even just the way they dress. Their ability to attract a crowd, their talents, or even just their platform. But one thing that has happened in our society is they're starting to recognize there's some concern to be made about the influence of people. And there are articles cropping up everywhere giving... Here's some of the recent warnings I found in some secular articles. These are not even Christian articles. Warning against influencers. Good marketing can make anyone appear to be an expert that they're not necessarily experts about. And good marketing can make anyone appear to be any way they want or anything that they are, but they're not always what they appear to be. And just because somebody has a big following doesn't mean that they know what they're doing. And just because someone has a big platform doesn't mean they're a good teacher for you. You know, there are a lot of influences at Facebook or Instagram or email. You have, everybody here has got one of those. So what are you following? What are you doing with those platforms? You know, we have the play and, and people come up to me and they say, well, I didn't know y'all were doing that. Huh. Yet, it's been on Facebook and Instagram 25 times and you've got 12 emails about it. So did. On their platform for the last six weeks. So what's most important to you? Which platform, who is influencing you the most? I'll bet most of you keep up with the 
entertainment industry more than you do the Jesus industry. I bet you can tell me more about what's happening in Taylor Swift's life than you can. Some of you are going, who's that? Good for you. It was written to a number of people who were struggling. They were Jewish Christians who were facing persecution and, and dealing with influencers that were telling them to abandon their trust and their belief in Jesus. Empire Judaism, the Jewish religion, was recognized, but Christianity was not. And when you read the book of Acts, you discover that much of the persecution of the Christians came from the Jews, Jesus. It didn't even come from the Romans. Most of, the, most of it came from the Jewish people. So with that said, let's look at Hebrews 10. This is here just to kind of get us started. It says, remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated, along with those in prison, and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. Boy, I bet we wouldn't do that now. Because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. If you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. All right, now let's face it here. I want us to be real honest. We've got it easy compared to the early Christians, don't we? We've got it easy. And strangely enough, the topic of influencers is not new. Today, there are good influencers and bad influencers. There are godly influencers and ungodly ones. The question is, who's going to influence you? As Christians, Jesus is to be our greatest influence. And what does he do to influence you? Because Jesus should influence who you follow. He should influence who you follow. Now, let me ask you a question. If Jesus had your cell phone, and he was looking through your Facebook account, would he follow the same people that you do? Would he be interested in the same things that you're interested in? Because aren't we supposed to be interested in the things of Jesus? So would he be interested in the same things? Hebrews 3.1 says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Have you ever heard anyone say you're under the influence? Now, to be honest, have you ever been influenced? This is a, a statement that's made to somebody who's intoxicated with alcohol or some other mind-altering drug. In our culture, while drugs are influencers, there are many other things that people do to influence thinking. If I wanted to get you distracted today, that never happens, does it? If I wanted to get distracted, I would begin by naming some names of some popular influencers. And I might say good And if I say some good things about an influencer that you don't like, then you'll probably tune me out. Same thing's true if, if I mention somebody's name in a positive way that you don't like, you're going, no, I don't want to do that. You will determine on how far you'll go with me in this sermon by whether or not I agree with the things you follow or don't follow. Whether my political views are the same as yours or not. But it's true. We will determine how far we'll listen. That's the reason some people watch CNN and some people watch Fox. And if somebody says something, they say, well, did you see that on Fox? Did you see it on CNN? So don't tune me out. Pay attention, because this is important, what we're going to talk about here today. You know, do you know these people's influence? 
Do you know why you would be offended if I mentioned something bad about somebody that you really like? It's because you're under their influence. One of the things that was happening in the book of Hebrews, you know, when it was written, there was a lot of naming. And one of the, those, and you got to understand the name of Moses was a good name, wasn't it? I mean, Moses' name and the Old Testament law, they're synonymous. And, and the New Testament refers to the commands of God as the law of Moses. Moses brought down the Ten Commandments from Mount Sinai. That's the first five books in your Old Testament, by the way. He delivered the plans for the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant. Moses is a key figure, isn't he? Very prominent in God's plan of, to reveal of himself to people. Of Jesus, while they were religious, they rejected Jesus. You see, the Jews in their Judaism, they were very religious, weren't they? But they were not Christians. They were not followers of Jesus, so they rejected him. And, and they dishonored their Messiah. Therefore, in verse 1, we read the words, fix your thoughts on Jesus. In other words, while your, your eyes are on Moses, you need to shift them off of Moses. And the writer shifts the focus off of Moses and calls Jesus by two titles in those verses. He calls him the apostle, which means the one sent from God. And then he's the high priest, which, which means the one who intercedes. He's, he's the and Jesus is greater than any name that is dropped. I don't care what you say about so-and-so. Jesus' name is greater. He's greater than any person who has ever been quoted. He's greater than any created being. Because the intercessor, the Messiah, the one who says, learn from me, not just about me. See, we can learn a lot of things about Jesus, but we really need to learn from him. We need to pay attention in what he has to say. Because he is the ever-present Savior who is not just our intercessor, but our influence. He is to influence and direct every decision we make every day. And the Holy Spirit, what the writer of Hebrews is doing here, he says for us to daily fix our thoughts on Jesus, or consider Jesus in some translations. In everything that you do, just be honest, no. Did you consider eggs this morning? I mean, there are a lot of things where we just forget, don't we? They become everyday routine. Forget about considering Jesus in the middle of those things. Maybe we should consider Jesus before we judge ourselves on how. Right? We should consider Jesus. He should be our greatest influence when to unfollow or unsubscribe from your favorite leader. Don't you want to know when is time? Have you ever done that debate? I need to unfollow this person because I don't really agree with that. But you can't make yourself push that button. You know what I'm talking about? Because they might say something. Do I unfollow them or not? Well, the answer is simple. Do you unfollow say something that is different than Jesus would say? When they live in a way that is different than Jesus would have lived. When you're letting them influence, let them go. When they take a position of idolatry over Jesus Christ and his position in your life. So who is influencing you or somebody else? Who is it? What's the most important to you in life? You know, there was a story I read this week of, it was in Turkey and there were some shepherds. They were eating breakfast outside of a town in Turkey and, and they one lone sheep out of a herd of 1,500 do something unexpected. It took a big running leap off of 1,500. And they were like, why did he do that? And then they were even more surprised to see all 1,500 follow and jump off that cliff. And when it was, this is a true story, 
And it was reported in the new local newspaper. Here's what it said. Four, because the bodies of the 1,050 sheep made a fluffy landing pad for the sheep. So it wasn't a complete loss. I'm starting to believe chickens are too. But you see, the estimated cost of those sheep was about a hundred in a country with the average income for the year is $2,700. So it was a huge cost. And there was 26 families that owned the sheep. these words. They're all wasted. There was nothing we could do. Because one sheep influenced the others to take the leap. If your friends jumped off a bridge, would you? I couldn't tell her that I had done it. I'm glad she's gone. She can't hear that, you know. <laughs> but in the days when the letter to the Hebrews was written, there was a lot of sheep falling off the cliff. The influencers were encouraging believers to return and to give up on Jesus. Let's go back to the old way. Our culture has many influencers trying to encourage us to abandon our faith in Jesus. Yet Jesus should influence who you unfollow and unsubscribe from as an influencer in your life. I'm going to tell you this, and, and you may not like Not all your friends are really your friends. And if your friends are trying to lead you somewhere other than to Jesus, they're not your friends. If you feel them pulling away, it's time to, to stop hanging out with those people. Because for a while, you can try to pull them along. To, the, to, to your side. You know what? You're doing me more damage than good in my relationship with Jesus. And I've got to let you go. Because my salvation is more important than you. You know, today there are tons of influencers that we need to walk away from. And here's some of them who need to be unfollowed. These leaders, they often teach things like Jesus is less than God. This passage compares Moses, who was the prominent figure to Judaism, to Jesus. People to walk away from Jesus radically underestimated him. And most cults do today. Most cults that we see today, they believe that Jesus was a good man, a prophet, a, a good leader. Yet, according to this, is God. He's God. He is the builder of this house, the head of the family, the Lord of all. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And all of those who teach you that Jesus is not God, then there are those that push an agenda. Do you ever see those people that want to push an agenda? They say if culture and scripture disagree with culture, society's always right. And the most prominent of this relates to the various expressions of sexuality. Yet Jesus spoke consistently. He spoke about sex before marriage and he condemned it. He spoke about adultery and he condemned it. In Matthew 9.19 he says, You cannot because it's sin. And some say he said nothing about homosexuality, but he did. Matter of fact, in Matthew 19, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And those are male and female. I might get flagged. You see, as unpopular as it is, it's still the truth. And we can't. I can't tell them what they're doing is right. Then I wouldn't be a friend. You know, Jesus emphasized the one flesh union in Genesis as God ordained it. Unfollow those who choose culture over Christ and his word. A hard thing to do sometimes because we get close to people, don't we? Then there are those people who say, we're all God's children. He doesn't reject anyone.
Not everyone's a child of God. And you know why? The Bible tells you to be a child of God, you've got to be adopted as children of God. And that, that the Holy Spirit bears witness to God of not, as it reads, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That's Romans 8, 15. We become children of God, guess when? When we're born again. When we're born again. Unfollow those who refuse to teach you must be born again. When it comes to God's command, is and always has been, fix your eyes on Jesus. Consider Jesus when you think about these things. Who Jesus is and what Jesus teaches is greater than your action. As Christians, Jesus is the greatest influencer. What does he do to influence you? He makes you an influencer. You have power. You are an influencer. You're either good or you're bad. You're either a good influence, leading people closer to Jesus, or you are leading them away. It's one of the two, isn't it? Hebrews 3, 1 through 6 says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. And then he says, For every house is built by someone. Did you catch that? For every house is built by, he is faithful to the one who appointed him just as Moses was faithful in God's house. And Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses just as the house itself. The one who put it together. And every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. He is greater, was faithful as a servant in God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. Now you think about that. The writer of Hebrews understood something about influence, didn't he? Influence is not about platform. It's about people. People. And he wants to build a family. A household as the writer defines it. He started with the household of Israel. Having Jesus. <coughs> now due to my great allergies, I'm not even going to try to get my tongue to say the Greek word today. But it's a household. This is the Greek word. It refers to both the building where a family lives and to the family itself as the social group living there. It is the house house. We are in the household of God. That's the reason it's important to be a part of a faith community. A family with brothers and sisters. You're part of the house of God. You know, I'm going to let you in a little secret. Jesus is still building his household. His household. His, there are people daily becoming part of the family of God. We had a baptism here on Tuesday morning. Perhaps this morning you'll accept Jesus and join the family. Yet, all God has given us a different level of influence. And we can use our influence to tear down the house. So I'm going to ask you a real hard question. Don't you like it when I say that? Is the things you do, do they build up our community, our household here at Real Life Christian Church? Or do they tear them down? Which do they do? Because you, you're either going to build it up or you're going to tear it down. The choice is yours. Lots of people who have come to me and they start tearing down the house of God and they start talking to all their, their people, their friends, and the house of God too. And before long, their friends start leaving. Because they're mad at the house of God at the church. And they're going, Kirby and the church, they ran these people off. Well, who planted that negative seed? Who influenced them? Was it the word of God? Or was it you? That's to talk about, isn't it? Now, I'm not perfect. I make a lot of people mad. But I don't mean to. I just try to preach the word. Makes you mad. I'm not apologizing. The Bible tells us that Moses saw 
knowing that the influence that God gave him had meaning, purpose, and the power to change lives and history. Moses saw himself as a steward for a greater purpose, for a great God. And God manifested himself in the flesh in Jesus Christ. God loves that word household. How about you? One of the ways we honor Jesus greatest is through humbling ourselves and, and seeing this life of, as a life of serving in his household as to build up, not tear down, to build up a house. Some of you would like to see a real-life Christian church continue for your great-grandchildren and your great-great-grandchildren and on and on. Wouldn't you just love that when, when that's where my grandma and grandpa went to church? Are they... Maybe they move off and they live in a different part of the country, but they can still talk about the church where Grandma and Grandpa went because it's still going strong. Ability that is, it's yours. It's what you say of church and what you do with the church that matters. The influence you have that matters. Some friends that you need to go back to and say, you know what, I was wrong. This, this is a great family of God here. And we love this church. We do love people. Even when some of you are hard to love. Our influence is critical. And it has eternal consequences. Eternal. You know, at the 22 championships, there was a two-time U.S. Olympic swimmer named Anita Alvarez. And she was finishing her artistic swimming routine. Now, I can't put those two words together, but... And it was a solo freestyle when suddenly she sank to the bottom of the pool. And the crowd stood stunned when they realized she wasn't coming back up. Fuentes, who, who herself was an Olympic swimmer, frantically tried to get the attention of the lifeguards, but they weren't paying attention. I saw, here's what she said. She said, I saw the lifeguards. They were paralyzed. I was shouting at them from the other side to get into the water. And I saw them looking dumbfounded, so I jumped into the water and straight towards her. I saw as fast as I could and did the fastest free dive of my life, faster than when I was preparing for the Olympics. And it seems that Alvarez had, she had taken on water in the last her performance and she passed out. And she was sinking. But because of the coach, She made a full recovery and even returned to the competition the next year. The thing I noticed about this story was that the people that were supposed to rescue Anita were paralyzed, were responsible for her safety, were unresponsive, and therefore her friend literally. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? Instead of watching us sink deep in our sins, resulting in we came to our rescue and provided a way for us to literally be saved. Isn't that awesome? He saw himself as a steward of the house, and according to verse 2, he was faithful to him who appointed him. Of course, the point of the passage is that ultimately it was Jesus who sent Moses. He also sends you and me. Power for our influence is. You are the salt of the earth. Do you know what salt does besides raise your blood pressure? It influences and it changes things, doesn't it? And you're the salt. You're the influence and, and change. And then you're supposed to be the light of the world. You know what light does, right? It overcomes darkness. It overcomes darkness. And, and if you're the light of the world, you can help dispel the darkness that people have. Influence literally means to make Daylight and darkness different. Just look at the person next to you and say, you're pretty salty. A long time. You're pretty salty. Yeah. How many of you are just happy to say that? Yeah. You're salty. Well, now I want you to look the other way and say, you sure are shiny. As Christians, Jesus is our greatest influence. What does he do to influence you? Jesus influences you for life. Verse 3 says, 
but Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house, and we are his house if we indeed hold firm in the hope in which we glory. As the writer of Hebrews concludes this section, he connects influence with the assurance. Today there are many people who claim to be Christians that are not. Jesus had the same situation when he said they were saved, but they refused his influence. Proof that, they're, that we're a part of God's house and children of God is communicated that Christ was faithful as a son over his house. Who's hold fast our confidence and boast of our hope until the end? You see, apparently they were away. They had walked away from Jesus. They returned to the world. And we've seen people do that and it breaks our heart. With this said, Jesus made statements like this. If you abide in my word, you are truly disciples of mine. If you love me, you will obey me. When you accept Jesus, evidence of your salvation is that you persevere to the end. There have been a lot of people who made outward professions of faith and short-lived giving evidence that their commitment real. In 1 John, they went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. If they really belonged, they would But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. Did you see that? Not everybody belongs and transforms your life because Jesus endlessly influences and impacts your life. He makes it clear that, that people are in the house. They follow Jesus and walk with Jesus. And that walk goes to eternity. Heard him. D.L. Moody was once walking down the streets of Chicago when a drunk man, he was sloppy drunk, you know, yelled at him and said, Mr. Moody, I'm one of your converts. And Mr. Moody, yeah, you look like one of my converts. Let me tell you why. I can't save anyone. Moody can't save anyone. Moses couldn't even save anyone. He saves, he changes you. If you're in his house, heart and his presence changes everything. So the question is this. Who's influencing you? Jesus or the world? Let me say that another way. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a more appropriate. Who's influencing you? Jesus or Satan? Because it's one of the two. You're either following Jesus or you're following Satan. Some of us need to unfollow and start following our Savior. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are, your, your grace, your mercy. The offer be influenced by you. And Lord, may we, may we consider you. Consider Jesus in every form as the one who loved us enough to die for us. And Lord, if there's anything in us that... Open our eyes.
grandmother couldn't grab me and drag me to church. She did when I was little. But I had to make that choice on my own. Hear the Savior say Thy strength indeed is small some people that we can be Christians on Halloween. You understand? We're going to show them love of Jesus and tell them about Jesus as they come. If you're, if you're signed up, I expect you to be there. If you don't show up and you're signed up, I'm putting your name on the board next week.
But really, come on out and, and, and come in. If you're not going to be uh, giving out candy, come and talk to people about Jesus because they need to hear it. They need to hear it. All right, so if you're visiting, stop at the desk and see Leslie. She's got a gift for you. And you know what? I'm going to be up here for a little while afterwards if you need to talk to me because we're here to live the Christian faith together. And I can't help you if you don't come to me and tell me what you need help with. So just, just let me know. Hey, let's... Kenny, come get some. Please bow your heads. Dear God, thank you for this time of worship that we've had today. Thank you for the message that... And please just watch over us as we go about this week for you as we have our event tonight. Just let everything go smoothly and wonderfully with that. And also watch over all people that are treating this week just to keep them all safe. Thank you for everything you do. In Jesus' name, amen.